0: Yo, welcome to Outside Perspective. How's everybody doing, friends? I hope everybody is well. You're here with me, Adam Meredith, just in case this is your first time listening. Welcome. Housekeeping. Um, If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, go and do that now. Also, leave a rating, leave a review. It really helps the podcast out a lot, and I cannot thank you enough. I want to take a second and tell you guys about my friends over at Jombo Superfoods. Jombo Superfoods is a California-based health food company that provides the highest quality cannabis-based products. But I want to tell you guys specifically about their CBD line. CBD stands for cannabidol. Cannabidol is one of the many cannabinoids found in the cannabis plant and has also been shown to have medicinal value. Meaning it can aid in improving your health the cannabis plant is an adaptogen and cbd specifically has been shown to reduce inflammation aid in mood regulation in cases of depression but it can also reduce anxiety and stress and has neuroprotective properties meaning it can help the brain it blows my mind when i think about all of the different things that this one plant can do and this is just a small list of the benefits of cbd Now, before I go any further, I know many of you have already heard the word cannabis and have automatically gotten worried. Let me put your worries to bed. You're asking yourself, will I fail a drug test? No, you will not. If you are buying high-quality products like those from Jumbo Superfoods, they use only premium ingredients, nothing artificial, nothing harmful. All their products are made right here in the U.S., And they are tested in a lab to measure for purity. You can actually go over to their website, jombosuperfoods.com, and see the lab results for yourself. Go check it out. And while you're there, you can check out their full line of CBD products. They have CBD spray. Their CBD spray is phenomenal. I like to put the cinnamon one in my coffee. Tastes delicious. They have CBD drops, both for you and your pets. They have a grass-fed ghee and MCT oil. Add that to your coffee they have a lip balm they have a muscle balm which is my absolute favorite i use the muscle bomb after training jiu-jitsu i put it on my fingers i put it on my sore muscles and such it makes a world of difference so remember go over to jambosuperfoods.com that's j-a-m-b-o-s-u-p-e-r-f-o-o-d-s jambosuperfoods.com check them out Use the link in the show notes, it helps support the podcast, so I thank you in advance. If you're a first-time shopper, use the code you at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your first order. So, one more time, go to jombosuperfoods.com, use the link in the show notes, to help support the podcast, and use the code you at checkout to save 15%. Let's take a second and talk about what you're eating for breakfast, or better yet, what you could be eating. If you're like most of us, you need something quick for breakfast. I got you covered. Mighty Cricket Cereal. Now I know what you're thinking. Crickets. Hear me out, folks. Crickets are actually a complete protein containing all nine essential amino acids. They are high in vitamin B12 and have an excellent ratio of omegas. Not to mention, they are one of the, if not the most, sustainably sourced proteins available. They use far less land and water than any other protein source, including plants. So, keep an open mind. Because not only are crickets good for you, they actually taste delicious. Once you roast them, they actually have like a nutty flavor. Mighty Cricket, they have a 100% pure cricket protein, a cricket waffle and pancake mix which all you need for that is water or your favorite type of milk i.e. like an almond milk or cow's milk if you prefer that and that actually packs 10 grams of protein per serving and they have an oatmeal their oatmeal comes in three different flavors comes in a cinnamon apple coconut cream and a dark cocoa these things taste phenomenal they only take one or two minutes to warm up in the microwave and you're good to go Mighty Cricket only uses quality ingredients, and they don't pack it full of all the fucking junk. It's not going to be packed full of sugar or fillers or any of those artificial ingredients. You're getting a quality breakfast and none of the junk. So, if you'd like to check out any of their products, go over to cricketsereal.com. That's cricket, C-R-I-C-K-E-T, C-E-R-E-A-L.com. Have a really awesome guest for you today. Um, I really enjoyed sitting down with him him being matt Owen funny story um I actually went to college with Matt and uh neither him nor I knew each other at that time. I just recognized him from campus you know you kind of see you know familiar faces similar faces um throughout your time there and um I just recognized his face um through campus and um yeah so kind of a small world in that sense, you know you just never know who you're going to interact with in life, you know what I mean like it's just so weird like you can you can be right next to somebody and have no fucking clue, and then all these years later, you connect with that person, you meet that person really officially for the first time, you actually start talking to that person and then and then like you discover that. little similarity in the past, it's just like, holy shit man, like how small is the world? I wonder how many people actually do that as far as like on like a grander scheme like a grander scale compared to just like my podcast, right? So I actually kinda did that with uh with my girlfriend. So her and I we went to high school together. Did not know her in high school though, had no idea. And uh we didn't connect until many years later until well grad school is whenever we kind of first reconnected and then even then it wasn't until after we had graduated grad school we had just the one class together so it's just weird how you know the universe works man you just never know which also brings me to you know uh the last podcast episode 30 if you haven't checked that out um with mike brown another guy that i just kind of briefly connected with in passing due to circumstances And then we fucking end up connecting years later and, you know, doing a podcast. And we're going to end up definitely doing some other business and work together. But it's just interesting how life fucking works, right? So that was a tangent. (laughs) Anyway, folks, back to my guest today. Like I said, I have Matt Owen. Matt is a um, he is the founder of Project Deliverance um a gym here in st louis a fucking fantastic facility he is the i'm just reading i'm gonna read you guys his uh his ig little list here he is a jim jones og and seminar staff i like to call him a master coach for jim jones if you aren't familiar with jim jones go check them out i'll actually probably put a link in the bio for you guys Leader of the South Strong Movement. Um, He has a master in science and exercise science. And he is a ZL1 Camaro and Corvette aficionado. So all in all, Matt is a fucking great guy. I had a fantastic time talking to him. He's a, I would like to just maybe just sum it up in the sense that, um, you know, he's a leader. He's a coach. He is a weightlifter, uh, commonly known as like Olympic weightlifting. Although we talked a little bit, I should have asked him on the podcast. It came up you know in my mind afterwards but you know there's a difference between powerlifting and weightlifting right and what's commonly called olympic weightlifting um i think in their circle they just call it weightlifting so he is a weightlifter on the national level so high you know he's a high level competitor he's a fucking he's a coach he's a business owner he's a hell of a guy man so i really enjoyed talking with him and uh i think you will like this one so here we go
1: All right, good stuff, Matt Owen. (laughs) how are you brother good man well first just want to thank you for having me on the show and you know coming out here and checking out the gym and everything so yeah dude your space is really awesome i
0: love it it's um it's it's by far one of the nicest facilities i've seen in the city Oh, thanks man appreciate Um, it yeah you get in there there's a lot of space Mm -hmm. um you have your um your rig there kind of off to the side so you have that Mm -hmm. open space but you still have your rigs to get work in right so it's really nice
1: yep yeah, man, you know, it's really given us some opportunity to get large groups in and, you know, get the team training going and um, manage, a, you know, a large number of people at one time and just, um, you know, really has opened the door from a uh, client management standpoint for us. So
0: Right, right. I've, I've found, and and you fill me in because I imagine... And I'll ask this question: When you started, it was a lot of one-on-one, right? You probably right. you transitioned more into to groups, right? Do you like the group training better? Like I've I've found you obviously you can help more people that way, right? Um, you can't really get the the one-on-one like critiques necessarily, mm-hmm. but you can still do a lot of good with with right. the amount of time that you have. Do you like that model better?
1: Yeah, it kind of depends on who you're working with. If you're working with someone that's a like weightlifter that's doing the stuff that I'm doing, you really want that one-on-one to where you can, you know, see if there's something that they need um, from a positional standpoint, something that has to be corrected. Whereas if you're getting like a, a team of, um, you know, kids in there and you're just trying to get everyone through and get them the training volume, then it's, you know – it's just kind of one thing and another, so yeah, right, it's kind of broken up that way.
0: Yeah, but, I always feel a little bit torn with some of, the, like, right. with the grouping because, like, I want them to have, like, good mm-hmm. structure and feel, right. like, when they're moving through these things. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of lose that with the team, especially with the kids, right? right. Because you don't right. want them to create, like, any, like, right. imbalances or whatnot. Right. Yeah, so, huh. Anyway, what is Project Deliverance?
1: So Project Deliverance is a a mindset and a basically gym, you know, from a physical standpoint that I started out of my parents' garage back in, uh, 2007. And it was basically right after the, the movie 300 came out. <laughs> and, uh,
0: Such a motivating film. Dude. Oh yeah. So,
1: um, I, basically I remember being up at, uh, college and, you know, up at school mm-hmm. and it was March, 2007 and I got an email from my dad and he's like, Hey, you've got to check out this website, uh, jimjones.com. I was like, okay. So I went on there, and he's like, this is where the guys trained for the movie. So, oh, I, so okay. I went on there and started digging around and started getting into, you know, the training and, um, you know, how they went about this and just started learning all of this and ba- and basically took some of the principles that they used and brought it home and started this small gym out of my parents' garage and started training just – um, friends, teammates, stuff like that, and it's basically blossomed and grown into what it is today. And I've got a very strong connection with that gym out in uh, Salt Lake City.
0: Okay, so Jim yeah. Jones is based in Salt Lake City. Yeah. So yeah. when you found out about them, you actually you scheduled a trip out there.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of funny how that worked. Once we started all the training, we launched this blog and we started taking pictures and we took some of their workouts. Okay. And started posting it on this blog and we posted pictures and it was, you know. 18, 19, 16, 17, even like 14 year olds. And we got, by the end of the summer, had about 20 kids training. And, uh, you know, we're posting pictures, you know, posting numbers for these workouts, strength numbers, you know, circuit times, you know, stuff like that. And the guys over at Jim Jones actually took notice of that and sent us an email and, and invited myself and a couple other guys out. Oh, nice. So that's kind of how I got introduced with them because they saw what we were doing. And there was a strict warning on their website, their old school website. You can use the Wayback Machine. And it said, you know, if you if you copy our stuff without permission, you know, we're going to come after you. Yeah. So when we got an email, when I got an email from them, it was almost kind of scary. Like
0: your heart sank. I was
1: like, oh, we're going to be in trouble. We're going to have to not do this anymore. And they're like, no, you guys need to keep going. You need to oh, keep nice. pushing. And we want to have you out. Nice, nice. So.
0: Yeah, because it doesn't – from just that little bit that I heard, it doesn't sound like you're trying to, like, steal what they're doing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're trying to emulate it for sure. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and basically, like, grow what right.
1: they're doing. Well, when I talked to them about it, they said there's a reason why we put it out there for free. If we didn't want people using it, we wouldn't have put it out there. Right. So we're not going to punish you for taking this and basically – using it to help other people right now so. this was in 2007 yeah this was in 2007 okay 11 nice. years ago so mm-hmm. this was all through because this is
0: like I mean you know 11 years ago this mm-hmm. is kind of like right at the beginning when socials really started right. getting big so right. nobody's like following gyms on social right. at this time well, so you like found out through their website mm-hmm. like went to the right. website and did all that
1: yeah um, just their original black and white website they would put you know they'd take a couple of workouts from you know, a couple of set athletes in their gym and they'd post it up and they'd post a couple of black and white pictures. That's their brand, yeah. black and white pictures. And it's got this, um, we'll have this article up, this disclaimer saying, you know, what we put up is not a recommendation. It's just something that someone did on that day. It's like a snapshot. So oh, okay. you need to understand what that individual is training for, what their training history is. So, you can't be like, oh, well, this is what the guys did for three hundred. No, not necessarily. It could be some black belt getting ready for the Pan Ams. Right. You know, and they just put the guy's name and, you know, scores or numbers and then a picture. And then you but you gotta research that guy. Yeah. You know, to nice. see what's he training for.
0: Nice. So. Man, I think there's a lot of points in that story that are very mm-hmm. important. Um, because we talked. You know, we know, we touched on mindset a little bit, but um I love talking about business. Mm-hmm. You know, you operate a business and right. I think the most important business point there was, dude. You're still in college, mm-hmm. right? You're an athlete, right? You know you're. Well, so, actually, I want to get to that point, but okay. let, let me back up with your okay. story a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> have you always been an athlete? What's What's take me through your journey with fitness? Okay, for, for so,
1: a um, basically, 14 years old was enrolled at um, uh, Lutheran High School South. Came from a small private school and basically started coming into the football program and that's how I was in, introduced to weight and um, was a part of a very dismal football program. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about that but you know we lost a lot of games and that made me mentally stronger. You know I've, I've had a lot of time to think about this and I realized that had we won everything I wouldn't even be where I am today because it's made me hungry. It's made me want to Keep working. It's almost like I have something to prove, even yeah. though I really don't have anything to prove. But you got to keep that <laughs> you mindset, just have right? It. it just doesn't go away. It's like it was ground into me at a very young age, and um, you know, started running track to get better at football because I was told, you know, if you want to get faster, you need to sprint, you need to get better. Ended up being a better track athlete than I was football athlete. So. <laughs> dude it's just the way it is
0: that's that was how it goes. that was my exact story with i like i wrestled and played mm-hmm. football in high school and i started wrestling to get better at football yep. i'm like well all right well you got to explode off the whistle and I'm, right. like, i was a linebacker i'm like i want to be quicker i want to be quicker off mm-hmm. the whistle i'm like wrestling yep. Wrestling's it for me mm-hmm. i ended up being better at wrestling and the rest is just like history that's awesome and, you know <laughs> that's, that's cool
1: that's how it goes and sometimes we we find where we're supposed to be just by 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 accident, you know, yeah. trying to get better at something else, you end up falling into what you where you really need to be, falling into place there.
0: Right, right. I'm a big believer in like the energy that we put out is the, is mm-hmm. the energy that is kind of re- returned to us. Um, mm-hmm. and sometimes you know, call it what you will, but like just sometimes just things get put into your path. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Um. So. You started track. Is that what you went to college for? Was it track or was it football? Because yeah. I know you did
1: both, right? So I ended up getting kind of a mixed, you know, how Lindenwood did those grants. You know, it was like yeah, they academic. Weren't like, yeah, they weren't like real like scholarships for right. like athletics. Right. So I got a pretty good package deal for, you know, I was pretty good GPA, pretty good ACT, you know, 28 or whatever, um, track football combination. Nice. And was told, you know, you can here, you can basically continue doing what you've done and you can play football, and then in the spring you can do track. But come to find out over there, football is a year-round sport. You have Mm -hmm. spring ball, you have off-season. I mean, It's just all-encompassing. It just consumes your life. It's a full-time job in addition to school. Mm -hmm. Um, Spring football came around after my freshman campaign, and I had been practicing with the track team. They needed me to come to conference for a uh, number of relays Mm -hmm. because you know, we were a very thin team back then. We were going through some head coaching changes. So they needed me for four by one, you know, four by two, four by four kind of stuff. Um, went to go tell the the head football coach that I was uh, basically going to be away from spring ball for that weekend. And he told me to turn my pads in. Oh, really? So I said, fine, you know, Shit. I'm not going to do this. So I'm not going to go do this round around thing with you guys. I'm just going to turn my stuff in. I'm going to go and we're going to go win and we're going to go to nationals and, I'm just gonna keep doing what I do, just because yeah. I love doing it. So. Right,
0: and I imagine the from it sounds like the track schedule allowed you to actually start your business anyway. Right, you wouldn't have been right. able to do that with
1: football. Right, and more yeah, most likely I would have been um, I would have been at school year round uh, with the the track. I was able to come home during the summer, train, run run the business. It wasn't even really a business back then, even though I made a little bit of money on it, but yeah. it wasn't really much. Um, you know, helping other people, getting better, doing the track workouts over the summer, stuff like that. Right. So. Yeah.
0: So, and I think that's an important point because, like, you weren't doing it to start a business. Right. You're just doing it to help people. Right. You know what I mean. Right. And I think that's um, a very important right. Uh, like foundation in business. You know it what I is. mean? Because um, do you listen to the MFCEO project with Andy um, Frizzella? When I when I have a little time, I can catch a couple. It's uh, when you're busy. It's hard to consume information. Right. But. Um, the point is, he always says, like, you know, money is a byproduct of helping right. people. You know That's what I mean? It's true. true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we're where I was just a second ago. Mm-hmm. All right. So, dude, you're in in college, mm-hmm. you're training people, mm-hmm. you're an athlete, you're going to school full time. Mm-hmm. That's a busy fucking life, dude. Oh, yeah.
1: And it got even busier after I got, got married and was in graduate school working a part time job to help pay the rent. And working at the first rendition of this space outside of the garage, which was a little 800-square-foot spot over here just down the street. Oh, so, nice. So you
0: moved from the garage to an 800-square-foot
1: space. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what did you get your degree, and what did you study at
1: Lindenwood? So I was in the first class with the um, exercise science degree. Okay. Um, first class there, and wasn't even sure if I wanted to do grad school. And then they announced they were going to offer a master's, and um, the, the technical name is just human performance, so it's taking that to the, the next level. Nice. So I was in the first class for that as well. And that program right. has really grown quite a bit over yeah, there. Yeah, they didn't, um, if I recall right,
0: I don't think they actually introduced that program until probably like a couple years after we had already been there, mm-hmm. right? Right. Kind yeah. of, yeah. 2010 was the first year for that Okay. That program. Nice, yep. nice, nice. So then, um, so how long were you in that eight foot, 800 square foot space?
1: So we were there until 2012 and we outgrew it pretty quick um moved literally across the wall to about i don't know 1500 you know had a couple of garage doors on it and were there for nine months and then moved to a spot that was about 3200 so that was a big step up uh, and we built that out similar to how we have this one minus the turf stayed there for about four years and then made the jump to this building okay and how big is this space so the building you know if you count the sub-zero you know, wellness stuff too is about seventy two hundred. The gym side is about forty two hundred, but it's just open. Right. So there's no, you know, the previous space, including offices and everything, was about thirty five hundred to three thousand. But when it's open, you can do so much more with it. With right. Four thousand open. So, dude,
0: that's a hell of a progression. Yeah. And um, so tell the folks a little bit about like your partnership with Sub Zero because I think that's such a cool okay. thing that you're doing. Um,
1: so when we were initially looking at this building, um, got in touch with um. Megan Sanders, who owns the Sub-Zero brand, and they've got a Chesterfield location that does body work, cryotherapy, Norma Tech stuff, um, brought her in here. We basically decided we were going to go in and try and build this up, build this partnership. And they do cryotherapy on the other side of the building, Norma Tech, and she's here three days a week to do body work and stretch release stuff. And she trains with us three times a week. Yeah, has been that's, a really good deal.
0: That's such a cool thing because, I mean, I feel like – so many people um neglect recovery mm-hmm. you know what i mean like oh it, yeah. it's 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 real easy to come into the gym and like just mm-hmm. you know tear yourself down you know but like right. put in the hard work um right. but then people like they won't drink their water or like mm-hmm. they won't go get enough rest like they won't sleep right. enough or right. you know what i mean like they won't do, you could do sauna, you could do cold mm. therapy. There's so many different forms of therapy that right. you can do for recovery,
1: right. but it's just so neglected. Mm-hmm. But you have it all in house, right? And we teach that recovery is more than 50% of the process. Most people that hit plateaus think it's a cue to get a more complex program. Really, they, they just need to dial their recovery in. They're not yeah. getting enough sleep, like you said, water. You know, they're not spending 30 minutes on the foam roller. They're just in are they're drinking alcohol and they're eating bad. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not making progress. What do I do? And I'm like, dial it in. Mm-hmm. You know, sharpen the blade.
0: So. Yeah, dude. my My number one question. I'm always I always ask people like you know like, well, how much sleep are you getting? I always ask that, mm-hmm. and people are always surprised whenever I tell them like, "Thing, you need to sleep more." Oh yeah. You know, it's just such yeah. an important piece of it.
1: Right, and there's a lot of coaches out there that say it takes eight hours to nine hours just for your body to eliminate the waste from the day before. Mm-hmm. So just for just for that, that doesn't really count all the other neurological changes that happen when you sleep.
0: Yeah, you know, that's actually, um, I heard somebody put it like, that's actually when you're getting stronger. Like mm-hmm. in the gym is where right. we're making all those micro tears and we're breaking down right. the body. But recovery is when you actually get stronger. So right. if people actually, under, yeah, you know, and, uh, and there's there's been a study to link, um, you know, sleep to fat loss. Mm-hmm. So if you're not getting sleep, you're not right. going to be losing fat. Right. So ladies wonder why, you know, you're mm-hmm. not, if you're not losing fat. More sleep. Yeah, More so sleep. it's all important. So what's your day like? Well, take me through a day of Matt.
1: Okay, so because you're
0: a very disciplined person, I'm very, I'm very curious what your day looks um,
1: like. So yesterday, let's just take yesterday. I got here at six in the morning. I wake up around five and eat, and I'm trying to go up a weight class, so I really need to eat very, very strictly. And you know, everyone's like, "What's your diet like?" and I say everything. Everything. That's all I say. Everything. What do you like for breakfast? So I had um, a big old bowl of steel cut oats. Yeah, and I just throw a bunch of brown sugar and almonds and stuff in there cuz I just need calories anyway I can get it. So, I'll, Yeah, you're using it. Yeah, um, there are times I'll eat 6 to 12 eggs with that and I'll scramble them at a time and then I drink a couple glasses of water, multivitamin out the door. Dude. So, you like to so you you
0: eat and then drink your water? Mhm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, That's okay. Just, I just I've never given much thought to it. You know, any other way? Yeah, so. I typically drink my water first. It's kind of—I always say it's kind of like a like a bath for your organs, okay. like hydrating the organs. I
1: have to think about that.
0: It just—you know—different strokes for different folks. Cool. Like typically, that's what I like to—I do. I like to add like water, like some sea salt and some okay. uh, some lemon in there for okay. like, the flavonoids and to get awesome. a little bit of like hydration. Cool, but. That's neither here nor there. Excellent. Sorry to interrupt you. No, dude. no, no. That's you're, fine. There, you're,
1: you're, <laughs> you're up at 5:30. Breakfast. Um, yeah. What weight class are you going up to? So what do you weigh right now? Because you're a big dude. So I'm in um, 89k, and I'm at. I was a couple weeks ago when I competed last at uh, up at school. Um, I was 195.8. On the dot. And I was trying to get... And I ate everything I could eat to try and get up in the lower end of the 96K, which is 212. Okay. 96 uh, whatever kilos. happened.
0: 2.2 2 pounds, right? Per kilo? Yes. 2.2. Yeah.
1: Um, So ended up being right on the line. So I said, fine, just put me in 89. So that's what they did. They said, you're, you're right there. You know, we're just going to call it how it is. So
0: monster in that weight class too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to move up and um, really the qualification standards for 96 for national level meets like the American open um, nationals for uh, USA weightlifting and the Pan Ams is only about five kilos higher for me to go up. So for me to gain 15 to 17 pounds gives me a huge advantage because I'm, one of the taller guys in the sport. Yeah. You got a good frame. So I need to be filled out in order to really compete with some of these high, high level guys. Really? And I have more questions about powerlifting for sure, but okay. So you're out the door. So I get here at six, turn the lights on. Um, I have roughly 10 to 12 people between 6am and 10am and everyone has their own structured workout. Everything's programmed out. Uh, these are people that have been here for a while. Um, They don't really need me to be in their face coaching constantly. I'm there to kind of push and to motivate, Okay. write the workouts on the board, Um, just kind of push them along, make sure that they're hitting what they need to hit, that the intensity is there. A lot of these people shower and go to work. You know, they use all of our facilities here. Then I'll come home. I'll eat again. Uh, Today it was three bowls of homemade jambalaya. (laughs) Sounds delicious. I'm trying to put some more weight on, so it's got all the good stuff in there. Laid down for two two hours and slept and then got up, got dressed and came up here. Um again about two to two thirty, I'll have man, I'll probably have twenty today because we got a team coming in. Oh wow. So working with back at the um uh old stopping grounds over at South working with the football team.
0: Yeah. So we yeah. got
1: we got them coming in today and I'll have a, have a few other people, so I'll probably finish at twenty to twenty two between, uh, two and seven thirty. Yeah. That's a lot of folks. So, so. you're, so
0: that's kind of mixed in some group work with mm-hmm. some like one-on-ones right. and I know you mentioned those guys, uh, like you're kind of your first group of the day. Mm-hmm. They don't really need a lot of like right. uh, attention necessarily. Right. right. Um, so are they just kind of coming in and just kind of checking in with you and then going doing their own thing
1: mm-hmm. or like, what's like, kind of what do those sessions look like for you? So I run all of their programming uh-huh. and, um, you know, I will email it out and really what I'll do is write it down and then kind of walk them, make sure I'll just kind of supervise and in kind of a s- supervision kind of role there. Yeah, and it's and, up to them to do the work. Right. Got it. And I help them load plates, and, you know, I, I give them cues. You know, we end up with the, you know, coaching cues, and someone might yeah. be doing, you know, intervals that day, and they've got a target that they need to hit. They'll put their headphones on, and they'll go. Yeah. They'll go. And, um, you know, I'll kind of walk over and look over their shoulder and check in, but I really don't like people watching me when I got to do stuff like that. You mm-hmm. know, back when I was doing all those – you know, heavy power endurance conditioning workouts. I really just want to be in my yeah, in, in my corner, I don't want to see anyone looking over my shoulder. And a lot of people are like that. So yeah. just kind of let them go.
0: I mean, how many times did you have a coach have to, like, check off on a lift or something? Oh, like, yeah. They're just standing there over you. Yep. And, oh, Hovering right yeah. over you. It's nerve-wracking, <laughs> dude. Or, like, I always feel like coaches always catch you at, like, the worst moment. Right. It's like you can do, like, five reps perfectly. Like, say you're mm-hmm. just drilling something. And, like, they just catch that one to where, like, yep. maybe you're just, like, trying to, like, trying to work – through something mm-hmm. like figure it out a little bit right and and then they want to come coach you it's I'll like, just jump right on you
1: <laughs> it's not the way you do it <laughs> yeah
0: it's awesome but um yeah I'm, I'm just always curious because the more people that I've talked to the more coaches I've just I've learned that there's just so many different like approaches so many styles of yeah doing to coaching it. Yep. and like different business models and how they like to handle their clients right. and different things I'm just always right. fascinated by that mm-hmm now you mentioned you're um, you're helping with your old high school. Yes. Um, explain South Strong because I've noticed on social, like okay.
1: Um, so this is something that I'm super passionate about because we didn't have a very solid strength program, and that's part of the reason why we were so bad. So at many that high age. schools have terrible yeah, we strength had, programs. We had excellent athletes. I know um, you interviewed Nate Nate Otis, mm-hmm. you know a few episodes ago. That guy was phenomenal. Oh, he went to your school. Yeah, we were in the mm. same class. We play on the same world. team, and you know we we have a lot of stories. So. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was. That guy was a great athlete, and had had we had the right coaching, you know, we could have developed. I I would have developed a lot better. He would have developed a lot better. But uh, you know, once again, this changes the timeline. A lot of this probably wouldn't be here yeah. had that happened. So.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're you're kind of setting that that mm-hmm. wrong right, if right. you will.
1: So you know, coming back, I want to provide these kids with the kind of training that they need to get the big scholarships. And they're at a small school, so they need to be able to really put up numbers. They need to be able to win all these games. So and we've had a very good team the past two years. We've made it deep into the playoffs, and we've had some really good players, and part of it's due to the fact that we have really good weight training right now. Yeah. So,
0: so in South strong is like the mantra
1: that's, that's our mantra. And that's something that the like school came up with and I've kind of adopted it here and they're totally cool with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, No, it's super cool. I think, Mm -hmm. I think mantras are very important. You know what I mean? Um, just something that you can repeat to yourself. I mean, we were talking about mindset, Mm -hmm. having that discipline. Sometimes you just need that little mantra to, to recenter yourself and check back in and like, you know, like motivate you or
1: whatever the case may be. Right. And it, it really helps keep the kids focused, um, we had a game this year. We played a pretty high profile opponent, and one of our third string running backs that's been putting in a lot of time here got in the game, and he was just, pl- and he took off and was plowing through the defense and the entire sideline was like, Oh man, there's something going on over at PD, man. <laughs> That's he awesome. Just, he was, he spent all summer building his legs and just got out there and just was ripping off big runs on these guys and yeah. just gashing them. Yeah. Dude, we are really in a new era, mm-hmm.
0: um, especially with these, these high school, ath- you know, athletes. I mean, they're getting bigger and faster and stronger. every oh, year. I mean, athletes across the board are, yep. but now we have like athletes like you who um, are like learning, like, correct ways to train like Mm -hmm. you know more efficient and better ways to train and and you're taking that back to these high school kids right and they're building a strong foundation Mm -hmm. um I mean we grew up in a time where I mean the it's just you know it's just like a school teacher who who probably Mm -hmm. didn't really learn too much about lifting like teaching you and, and telling you what to do and
1: that's exactly how it was you know we just had you know a teacher who is a college athlete yeah. And, you know, they come in and they open the door and they're, and you've got your bigger, faster, stronger routine, you yep. know, this week it's 10, eight, six, and it goes to five, four, three, two, one, then yep. it goes to four by four, then three by three. And that's, and you just do that over and over again. And that's how it was when we were there. And there was really no, um, you know, when it comes to the weightlifting stuff, the power clean, I mean, there was no coaching, you know, you just kind of did your best, yeah. you know, do your, do your best. That's really what they said. Yeah. Same thing with squat. We, none of us did it right. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I um terrible. I
0: still have a terrible squat from it. Like, um, I'm really big into like mobility mm-hmm. and like working within your capacity. Right. And um, like I didn't, I didn't have that. Co- I mm-hmm. I still am constantly working on my ankle mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had such a terrible squat back then. I can mm-hmm. remember like learning the squat and like, they're just they didn't like really cue you through it or coach you through no, it. They're no. just like
1: figure it out. Right. Yeah. And really, for for them, it was get your thighs parallel but honestly that place is way more you know to stop there and to try and halt at that position places way more stress on your knee than bottoming out like you see me catch a lot of weight overhead and my my butt's on my heels. Mm-hmm. That's way less stressful on my knees than than grinding, you know, doing knee knee grinder squats at, at parallel. That's what we used to call them. Back yeah. in the back with knee grinders. Yeah,
0: dude. It it can it can be hard on you. Yeah. Yep. So it it just blows me away um some of these athletes now mm-hmm. what now that they're getting these, uh, you know, these these good coaching oh, yeah. programs and, oh, yeah. you know, put in place. Um, I just worked with um, a kid the other day. He uh, went straight into the MLB out mm-hmm. of high school. I think wow. he just finished up rookie ball, and I got the opportunity to uh, work with him on some mace yesterday. Wow, that's good. And um, yeah, so just kind of working with him a little bit. Um, well, it was really, like, so it's my buddy Justin Bricker. He brought him in to do some strength and agility, and I got mm-hmm. to work some mace with him. Awesome. And, um, but we were assessing his squat, and his, his ankles are all shot mm-hmm. to hell, too. I mean, most people's ankles are really tight just from mm-hmm. just shoes in general. You're at, you're at, like, this constant elevation. Right. Um So his ankles are super tight, and, like, we put a plate underneath it, and then he could do a squat just Mm -hmm. perfectly fine, which I guess is pretty common in powerlifting, right, Mm -hmm. with powerlifting shoes because they have that platform that elevated. Um, Do you ever feel like that's, like, an issue? Um, Like, the shoes creating, like, a Band-Aid if somebody doesn't have that mobility?
1: Well, from a, a, like, snatch and clean and jerk standpoint um – you know, that's that's really – you know, using the shoes and using the, the, the heel lift, that's part of the sport mm-hmm. now, and it's just standard It's standard yeah, issue. Yeah, it's, it's not going anywhere. Right. So um, it just puts you in that optimal position. I don't really feel like it's, you know, a, a cheat or some way around a problem. Um, it just really puts them in a better position to use your hips right. and get back on your heels when you're doing the lift. I don't really feel like it's, you know – causing a problem i mean it's something that needs to be worked on Mm -hmm. and there i've seen kids that still put the shoes on and still have mobility problems right so and that's really when they have to dial that in and start you doing the drills you know doing the mobility stuff right yeah and
0: i guess that's what i mean less from like uh from like a powerlifting standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's a part of the sport, right? But you, you just see some like gin pop people, mm-hmm. like they'll use those shoes, yeah, and then they don't address the mobility issue right, at all. Right. And it's like they're using it as right. a band aid, I guess, more yeah, so. Like, yeah, do you ever that's... see that as a big problem, like in general? Yeah, or?
1: yeah, I mean, and it's and part of it is just not getting in the in the correct position when, yeah. you're, when you're squatting, and they were just taught improperly. Right. That's what it, that's what it boils down to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's always something I've always kind of, uh, looked at. Cause again, I don't really have a whole lot of knowledge of the powerlifting world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was probably, I would say like eight months ago that I even came okay. across like powerlifting shoes. Right. This is all new to me. Right. So, but I, I tend to take the, um, like the lens of like longevity, like longevity <laughs> and like mobility and different things. Right. So whenever I see some people using tools without also trying to like mm-hmm. address the issue right it's just like a band-aid to me right you know what i mean right so that's just kind of like the lens that i'm coming from
1: okay yeah i mean that's that's totally understandable you know coming at it from your your standpoint you know yeah you, you gotta you gotta fix the problem first
0: yeah and dude that's the beauty about like our industry you know like health mm-hmm. and fitness and and uh, there's just so many approaches to it mm-hmm. and it's it's super cool so tell me more about powerlifting dude so when did you get into that like okay. was that like after college
1: or? So, um, the the actual definition. So the the weightlifting, like it's just called weightlifting. Okay. So it's it's yeah, um, me, it's uh, snatch and clean and jerk. You know, clean and then jerk overhead mm-hmm. snatches from the floor to overhead in one movement. And the uh, powerlifting is uh, bench, squat, deadlift. So that's oh, okay. another sport. So they're kind of separate. Sorry. And, okay. Oh no, no, that's okay. And then you've got um, you know the like strongman guys. Um, that do all the, all like the, the logs Atlas and the stones, and... yeah, stuff like that. So, um, I basically was a GA at Lindenwood for two years and was still competing in track and competing alongside the guys that I was coaching. And i travel with the team and, you know, was able to do that and pay for my schooling. Once that was over and I left Lindenwood, I, I tried to kind of keep that up on my own and training and still doing some meets here and there, but it is so much harder to do that when you don't have a team and you don't have athletes to coach that are doing what you're doing to kind of pull you along. So I ended up getting into the weightlifting back in uh, 2014 um, with another guy that was a trainer here at the time. And he and I started getting into it and I just never got out of it because it was that much fun. And you you get into it and you start making gains and you start improving your efficiency at the lifts and start improving your positions. And uh, I was seeing everything else get better. You know, I was getting stronger, I was building muscle faster than I was just doing general fitness stuff, you know, spending a day on strength, spending a day on conditioning, spending a day doing longer endurance stuff. It's just way it was way more effective for me from a sports standpoint. Yeah, to really master this because really getting a good handle on this allows me to really teach it properly to these kids.
0: Yeah, dude, you have amazing movement. Dude, I, I see you like snatch. Oh, thank you. I I feel like my shoulders are gonna fucking blow out every time. <laughs> like, every time I watch you do that, like I've never. And again, it's just um just like a capacity issue. Like I've I've always had trouble doing like an overhead squat. Right. Right, and I like just, I just, I just need to like build that mm-hmm. that capacity. But right. like, dude, you make it look so fucking beautiful. Oh, thank when you, do you. It, dude.
1: Thank you, because it there there are days it feels awful. <laughs> it Feels so bad because I'm just run down. I'm tight. I'm tired. It's just like, oh, I'm just I'm gonna do my best. And really, you've got to really dial it in even on those days because you might create bad habits. Yeah. If you if you're out of position, you're gonna that's where you're gonna go when you're tired or when the stress is applied, when you're when you're competing. So you really have to be mindful of what you're doing every single day and, and, you know, be thinking of, you know, is this rep going to hinder me or is it going to help me? Yeah. It's going to help me get better long-term because if you have a, a, a bad rep where you really fudge on the technique, um, it's going to be maybe five to 10 good reps to undo that. Yeah. From a neurological standpoint.
0: Right. Yeah. Cause all that input on your CNS. Right. So now I've noticed in your, in your videos, like you have like a routine when you mm-hmm. approach, the, the bar so okay let's talk about that
1: yeah um, it's it's something that's kind of changed over over the years um, you know stepping up to the bar let's say I'm getting ready to lift on the, the platform in front of a crowd you know you I don't know you just kind of work there's a lot of you know build up to it so you you, you got to you know you got to harness all that all that power and emotion that you're going through you got to walk up take your grip you got to pull the bar close to your shin get it right on your shin. Drop your hips, take your breath, and then go. You just gotta pull and then and then, you know, break your arms and go 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 through the lift. So break your elbows.
0: Yeah. I think the best uh, part is after you finish your lifts, dude, you drop it,
1: yep. and you look at that shit in the That's walk. what that's what Megan talks about a lot. <laughs> She's the best. She said it's like this look of disdain at <laughs> like, the bar. Yeah. I just fucked you up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Death awaits. Yeah, dude, Death you own it, bro. You owned yep. it.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think routines are so important, right? Because right. like, you know, you're you're taking your mind and your body through the steps that you're going to do when you compete. Right. So you're also visualizing exactly what you're trying to accomplish. I think that's just such an important part of any sport. Right. Just Um, performance in general
1: performance. And and when I, when I took a couple years off, so I really did my, my first meet back in 2016, you know, I trained it on my own and then I started competing and I took basically off until this past July, 2018 and was doing some other stuff and kind of, Moved around and did a bunch of different workouts, but really decided I needed to get back into this because this is really where I feel at home. Um, and when you get out there and you get on that that platform and you haven't been on that platform for a couple of years and you and it's dead quiet and the judges are staring at you and the crowd is staring at you and you're used to lifting when you know Future or Drake is playing and there is no music and you can hear yourself breathe and hear your knees move and to by yourself, man. It's a whole different animal and that's something that. Like, uh, you know, as I got through that meet, and then went to the big, you know, national level meet out in Vegas, yeah. and then this past one up at up at Lindenwood, it's getting easier and easier and easier because you know you can mentally prepare for that in your training.
0: Yeah, yeah, getting those reps in is so yep. so important. Um, so how was
1: the how was the meet in Vegas? It was really good. So that was the um, American Open Series. Uh, and that was the biggest USA weightlifting event in the history of the sport. I oh, think wow. we had 1,400 athletes or something out there at that, at that hotel that's out huge. there in Vegas.
0: Yeah, that convention center is huge. It I was fun. I was there in August for uh, Jiu-Jitsu World. Awesome. And um, that Westgate Convention yep. Center there, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a very nice place. And, uh, you know, I know that the, like, restaurants were killing it because you had so many hungry weightlifters. Yeah, and I really, bet. It was the weightlifting takeover of this hotel. Like, there was almost no, like, general – clientele flow coming into the casino it was all weightlifters sitting there watching football you know it was it was, it was really cool man you go out to the pool and it was just like muscle beach out there it was so <laughs> funny there they there in um mid mid-september mm-hmm. yeah it was great it was really good so
0: Yeah, that's a cool town. Um that's a, the my very first time in Vegas was just, mm-hmm. um this past time. Have you been before or was that your first time? Yeah, before? I was
1: there with my, my my, wife. She had a big conference and I came out there and I was I think I was sick at the time. It was like mm. December and it was kinda cold and she's like, Let's do the Vegas thing and I'm like, <laughs> I just wanna go to bed. I hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> just wake me up when we get home. Exactly. Yeah, dude.
0: That's an interesting town. Um I was actually a little underwhelmed with it. Yeah. Um one, it's not as big as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm just not into all the right. Like, I had a great time, but mm-hmm. it's uh, I'm not into all the stimulation. I like to get away.
1: Yeah, and really, when you're from an athletic standpoint, you know, they had everything set up from the, like, training hall. Like, you go there and train. They had the warm-up area behind the big – you know, they had five different stages, platforms to lift on. And they were you're raised up and huge and big seating and stuff and – um, from an energy standpoint it's hard to come down and rest in Las Vegas cuz it, it never shuts down right and you can almost still feel the energy when you're trying to sleep even though your room's dark and it's quiet yeah you you almost know that it's just there's just chaos everywhere yeah
0: it's just like it's it's never yeah. nighttime yeah you know i wouldn't I mean? be able
1: to i wouldn't be able to live there i mean i was ready to come home after 4 days i was just shot like yeah. from a from a nervous system standpoint cuz you're just always going yeah Oh, dude! Always going.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy out there. So crazy story. Um, we had so it was the night I left on uh, I think a Monday morning I left. Mm-hmm. So it was Sunday night. I think we went out. We went to um the old strip. Was it okay. Fremont
1: Street? Yeah, yeah, with the like penny slots and all that. In there. Yeah, yeah, like in that. The, like, zip line. It's actually yeah.
0: affordable. Yeah. Right. So like we went there and we hung out, and then I ended up. Uh, Being up all night, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, all right, well, my my flight was at like six in the morning, no big deal. So my friend dropped me off on my Airbnb. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, cool, dude. I'll I'll get my stuff. I already packed. Like, I'll call a new, uh, I'll call an Uber. Mm -hmm. I'll go to the airport, bro. I left my phone in his car. Oh no! He drove off. (laughs) I'm like, I have no way to get a hold of anybody. Right. I've completely forgot everybody's phone number. I don't know anybody's phone number. Like, oh man, we live in such a time to where we can just offload all of our memories. Exactly. So like. I freaking walked down the street to the gas station. Okay. I know my mom's phone number. Right. But it's her old phone number. She doesn't even use this phone number oh, anymore. Man. So, <laughs> like, she still has it. She just doesn't use it. So, couldn't get a hold of anybody. Instead of being, like, a smart person, like, I had already been drinking a little bit. Uh-huh. I've been up all night. <laughs> Instead of being a smart person, be like, you know what, dude, let me just get, like, a fucking cab. Like, I got right. my, I, got, I can just get a cab. I can pay for it. Right. No big deal. I'm like, you know, dude, I'm only four miles away from the airport. Uh-huh. I walked. You just walked up there? <laughs> I walked up there. <laughs> fucking, it's like three in the morning, four, four in the morning, or whatnot. I'm oh, walking to the airport. All these taxis are passing me. Yeah. I could totally probably get one of right. them. Right. <laughs> but like, I've been up all night. I've been drinking. I'm not thinking straight. And so, as you approach the Las Vegas airport, mm-hmm. there's only one sign to tell right. you like what terminal to go to. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, I should have went to the first terminal just because yeah. like I knew I could have probably cut like a. Uh, a tram in between, yeah, a shuttle. shuttle or something. Yeah. But no, I walked to like the second oh, terminal. Man. Just all bad decisions, dude. Yeah. All bad decisions. Walked to the second terminal. <laughs> this is not the terminal I need to be in. Let me catch a shuttle back. Yeah. Long story short, I made it right on time. Oh, but man. it's a good story.
1: Man. Vegas. And, and, and that's, you know, it's just controlled chaos. <laughs> that's what it's like. And that, 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 that's the like essence of it right there, what you experience. It's yeah. just controlled chaos. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. Yep. It's crazy. So what meets do you have coming up? So there's one in St. Joseph's, Missouri. It's like a smaller local meet um, right after Christmas. I'm going to try and get into that one. Um, I'm going to try and qualify for the American Open finals um, next December, and that's in 96. I'm going to have to add significant weight to my total, Um, and that's really – I mean, that's my goal, and it's just like in the back of my head every day as I'm training, you know, this is what you need to be hitting. You know, I need to be snatching close to 286 pounds, which is going to be – that's gonna be a big snad, you know. By by the time I get to, it's
0: a lot of weight, yeah. Bro. And
1: I'll be clean and jerking 352. That's what I need to do. So wow. that's gonna be. That'll give me that total I need to get in the door to get my foot in the door of the finals. <laughs> to yep. Get in the door. You get in the door, and that's from wow. what I understand. That's a lot smaller meat, you know. From a, a from a competition level but the level of competition is extremely high right so but they're trying to keep it more exclusive whereas you know in vegas we had 1400 they're trying to narrow it down and only have a couple hundred yeah but these are the elite guys these are the right. guys that are contending for spots in tokyo yeah You know and just to be on the stage with you know guys like that you know guys like west kitts out at um uh cal strength you know that are taking that that stage if he's even going to lift in that he was at the at uh, worlds so he's gonna have to kind of pick what he wants I mean, that's going to be huge.
0: Yeah, dude, just being around those type of Mm -hmm. people is so huge. I mean, you mentioned it before, like, it was hard to, like, continue to do it because, like, you didn't have the team. Like, having community is so important. Like, just as humans, we need that. Right. And um, when you can be around, like, the elite of the elite, like the people who are, Mm -hmm. like, doing what you want to do, it's just just so energizing. You know what I mean? Right,
1: absolutely. And I've got a a really good coach working with me right now, um, John North. You could probably look him up um, at at Attitude Nation. Is okay, his, his, his handle. Um, three to I think he's a three-time national champion. Is he based
0: in here in St. Louis?
1: He's, or? In, he's in Portland, and his story is crazy, man. Like he was a you know three three-time national champion. Um, went to the to the uh, Pan Ams, was on Team USA back in September 2016. Had a total heart block. Oh shit! And was is basically lucky to be alive. You know, he had someone that was able to do CPR. Um, until they got the device to shock his heart back in oh, a normal wow. rhythm and he was basically comatose for a number of days and uh, came back and, you know miraculously has full, full function. and he's now coaching and still still lifting. He's quite a bit lighter when I met him. He was 240 pounds ish and was just huge, was doing bodybuilding. And that was in July and then in September is when that, that, that episode happened whoa so he's he, he's working with me from a um, from a technique standpoint you know I post I send him videos every day and he sends me screenshots and he's like this is what I need you to work on here this is what I need you to work on here Um He's the one that told me you've got to you've got to get bigger. You're just way too you know you're way too tall to be an eighty nine lifter. You got yeah. to be ninety six bare minimum is what he said.
0: Dude, you know what I've noticed? Um, kinda as I study like a lot of like high level athletes mm-hmm. and different things, a lot of their coaches are not in their same city. Like once yeah. you kind of reach a certain point right. with like your mechanics, right? Um, it's just it's there's just a lot of really small things that you got to dial in on, and you can do that. Like your coach can be almost anywhere in the world, right?
1: And that's what's cool. And after I lifted in Vegas, I. Realized I need someone to, co- to to coach me. This you know this can only carry me so far. I can't you know they're like who's your coach? Oh, I don't have a coach. It's just me. I just do my own stuff. Yeah, and you need a coach. So and and the coaches are the ones loading the bars back there. They're they're telling you how many attempts out you are from taking the stage. You know because you got other guys that are lifting weights beneath what you're going to be doing. So um, I came home and basically signed up with him right away. And I had gone to one of his seminars and been like, well you know I kind of want to do my own thing. And he'd been, you know, talking to me throughout the years. You know, past couple of years, he's like, "You, you need to sign up and get on my team. You need to sign up and get on my team." And I'm like, "I know, I know." And finally, I was like, you know, after at, after Vegas, I felt like I could have done much better because there's flaws in my technique that he's really tightened up. Yeah, so, yeah. Yep.
0: And and you strike me as a person who's just like always trying to improve. Oh always yeah, trying to yeah. get that. 1%. There's always
1: always something, you know, trying to get that extra edge. That extra one to two percent makes all the difference. Right. So. Hell yeah, dude. Well, dude, we're pushing two o'clock.
0: I want to be respectful of your time. Oh, I know no, you got no, stuff going cool. on. Oh, are we still at time? Okay, sure. cool, dude. Yeah. So, um, what are, so like, uh, we, we touched on like mantras a little bit earlier. Okay. Like, what are some of your favorite mantras that you like to do, like you use on a regular basis? Um, the mind is primary. The mind is primary. What does yeah. that mean?
1: And that's, you know, that, that basically means that if you can train your mind or get your mind around what you want to accomplish, the body's going to follow. And when I teach these, um, seminars through, uh, Jim Jones. That's really what we push is that if you can train your mind and you can get past all these metal blocks that you have, that you're, you're going to drag your body with you past that. Yeah. The mind is primary. And it's the same thing with me, you know, trying to lift these heavy weights. I know physically I'm, I'm strong enough to do it. Can I wrap my mind around a 286 pound snatch? Can I, can I do that? You know, and that's something that has to be done because in my mind it's like, Oh, Man, that's heavy, but you need to just shut that off and you need to just go. Put, yeah. your, put put your foot to the ground.
0: The body is capable of so much. Oh yeah. far more than people are well well far more than people will like lead themselves to mm-hmm. believe. You know Absolutely. like the mind will actually lie to you. Right. Um the first experience I ever had was in high school wrestling. Mm-hmm. It, we we it was 7 days a week. We come in on like mm-hmm. a Sunday and we we normally had like a Thursday like a Friday Saturday tournament. Sunday was like lifting like a run. Right. This particular Sunday, we lifted harder than we ever Mm -hmm. lifted. We ran harder than we ever lifted. Mm -hmm. And then our coach had us go and uh, we live wrestled for an an additional hour. He broke everybody that day. We're all crying. We're all pushed past further than we ever could. Mm -hmm. But it was in that moment, like I realized, because there was a moment where I was like, fuck this. I got super mad. Right. And you just kept going like when you thought you couldn't. Right. People don't understand that sometimes.
1: And we've had, I've had moments like that running track and really running suicides over at, at, at South, you know, for punishment. (laughs) There was one, I think where we did like 25 of them. And it was just like, and it was, you know, we're going to keep doing these until these guys make the time. And I remember just thinking, I'm not going to, there's no way I'm going to survive this. Like I'm going to, and I was in great shape and Mm -hmm. you know, we kept having to make, you know, whatever time they gave us. And if anyone slacked, you know, it, that well, that you know, that one didn't count. That one didn't count.
0: Yep, yep. That I, was a part I remember. Of that I remember
1: Nate yelling, "Who's who's not doing this?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, dude. That's a big part of sports, right? Get you're you're constantly getting pushed past, right. like your what you think is your limit, mm-hmm. and you're also in, in the team setting anyway. Even like individual sports like wrestling, you're still part of a team. Right. Same thing with like uh, right. lifting, right? Right. So like you're being held accountable right. for like other people. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. It's like, well, you know absolutely. what, your teammate didn't make it. So guess what? It didn't all, count. Yep, yep, we're all doing it. It
1: didn't count. Yep, and you, you know, I can and i've i've done this before and i've i had seen him do it as well where we got guys that are letting up cuz they're tired and we would grab them and pull them yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> we like side of it, grab them and pull them across the yeah, line yeah dude
0: like we all got to get this Getting done get across the
1: line i don't care if you if you fall down at the end you know we're mm-hmm. going to throw you across the line so it counts
0: yeah dude yeah. um yeah, we had to, um, in wrestling, we would go, we call them halls. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the hall is just, you know, a big circle, basically. Mm-hmm. We had to make it around in like under like 45 seconds. Wow. If you didn't yep. make it, it didn't count. Yep. You so, you got to get it. On varsity wrestling, that goes from 103, at least at the time, 103 up to heavyweight. Yep. So, I mean, those lo- those little guys usually made it, but oh, yeah. we got to make sure that heavyweight's making it, too. Right.
1: There's always those those big linemen. They got to get it done. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. But no, dude, That's I, I love that mantra because um, I feel like as coaches, um we have to train the mind first right you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i feel like um, maybe that's something that's been neglected in like years past but i've kind of seen it more and more as i've watched people um and but if if you're training and you're you're like you're you're going on a diet and like you're eating well or whatever the case may Mm -hmm. be like for whatever your reasons are like that won't last. Like if your mind like isn't all the way dialed in. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can go through the motions, you can go through the motions, but eventually you'll fall off. Like if you don't really have convictions and like, absolutely
1: got your mindset right first. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's, that's an important, that's probably the most important component when it comes to, to training. And I yell at the kids all the time. I'm like, you need to engage your mind this week. We had a, a, a three game skid this year where we lost three in a row to teams we had no business losing to had we shown up and had we been engaged. And I remember yelling at them, you're not, you're not engaged right now. I can see it in your eyes. Yeah. And when they're on, you can tell. Uh huh. So, and you know, I tell them, get your head in it. You're, you're not even, you're not even playing. Right. So, and that's, you know, same thing with training. You know, I tell them, don't go through the motions because if you go through the motions, you might as well just be at home sitting on the couch.
0: I didn't even know what that even meant in high school right. or in, in middle school even. Like how many times I've, – I've been told that a million times.
1: You're just right. going through the motions, Meredith. Right. And, and, and really, it's, it's, it's like an intensity thing. And when there's When they bring their intensity level up, you have to make a decision that you're going to do that. And then that's, you know, that's when things start to fall into place. Yeah. You know, you need to raise the intensity level. So.
0: Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, so that, that just really struck a chord with me because, like, a big uh, mantra um, that I love is just, just a simple, like, I will. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I start like, my right. company, like, imposed will. Like, right. I just feel like it all starts with the mind. And Absolutely. whatever you decide to do, like, you can impose your will on right. life, whatever that right. means to you. And you can start with just a simple mantra of saying, I will. Fill in the fucking I blank, like that. man. I and love then that. and then you can go do it, man. Yep. So like I, I've been kinda using like the tag like mindset, That's right. movement, performance. That's so awesome. start with the mind, then we can start working into movement training the body, like Absolutely. you said. And then performance can be anything, dude. Right. Performance can be the fucking grandmother who wants to keep up with her grandkids. Right. Or it
1: can be the seventeen year old kid who's trying to make the hockey team. Right. It can be anything in between. Right. And you know, I've told the the kids this as well is that, you know, don't ever let anyone tell you that you're weak strength is relative to you. Don't just because you there's a certain weight that you can't lift, you know, that doesn't make you weak. That doesn't make you inferior. What what counts is that you're you're training s- strong is training, strong is making PRs, strong is being better oh, you know a couple of days from now than you were today. Right. That's strong. And, oh, yeah. and that's, you know, as long as you're doing that, there's there's no reason you should ever think of yourself as weak because strength is relative to you.
0: Absolutely. I mean, how many guys you see throw on whatever on bench? Right. They're doing it all wrong. Right. And they have no busy lift, exactly. no business lifting that way. It's like
1: they don't really have that right. strength. Yeah. Well, you know well it's like I mean? you know, you go and ask those guys how how mm-hmm. long has it been since you since you got a personal best, and they'll be like, oh, two years. I'm like, well, okay, well you know, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, so yeah dude exactly it's
0: it's it's rampant in the just kind of in the industry as a whole dude um cool shit dude well we are close to an hour um i had a question for you and i just lost it oh i know what i want to ask you so what do you want to leave the people with as far as um actually you know what I've been playing with this idea of like I don't like to do a formal interview style, okay, right? But so I don't ever have the same questions for anybody. Mm-hmm. But like we've been talking about mindset and different things, and I feel like you, you obviously you do a lot of coaching, mm-hmm. you do a lot of molding of like young athletes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of playing with the idea of like asking like just one question like across the board against with like all my uh, guests. Okay. And with the show being called Outside Perspective, mm-hmm. I kind of been playing with the idea of like asking so like what perspective would you like to leave people with whenever they, you know, after they've, they've worked with Matt, like what perspective would you like to leave the world with?
1: Um, I think probably, I mean, what we had just talked about, about, about strength. I mean, and that, that builds security. I mean, we got a lot of insecure people running around that are doing stuff to put other people down because they're, they don't feel good about themselves. And what they need to understand is that, um, you know, making progress – that strong, you know, don't, and you need to be, you need to be totally secure with your abilities and who, who you are and what you're lifting and what your goals are. And that's really all that matters. It doesn't matter what the guy over here is doing or what your teammates doing. I mean, you can compete with them, but you really need to, you know, put your focus on you and quit looking around and see what, what this guy on Instagram is doing with this guy that I'll be competing, you know, against in, uh, january's doing keep your focus on you be secure in your abilities get the good coaching and just make progress do do what you need to do to move forward
0: hell yeah brother i love that so how can folks get a hold of you how if they want to come train at project deliverance how can they find you if they
1: want to say hi ask questions um what's the best way so you can go to my um instagram at horsepower and barbells or our uh gym page at p deliverance um my email is matt at jimjones, G-Y-M-J-O-N-E-S dot com. Um, website, com. You can shoot me a message. Uh, believe my phone number is on my uh, IG as well. I mean, any way you want to get a hold of me. Oh, yeah, so. and I'll put
0: all this in the show notes. also awesome. if anybody wants awesome. to get a hold of you, they definitely can. Okay. So, all right, Thank brother. You. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you yeah, taking man. the time, dude. Yeah, man, totally. Thank right, you. Man. Appreciate right. it. Until next time, guys.